Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I have with me radio host of WWL's uh, Point After. And you also know him uh, for his, from his partner in crime, uh, Bobby Abel, where you can catch them every day on WWL, Mr. Christian Garrett. Thank you very much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. I'm honored that you had me on, man. Um, good to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. I just want to talk to you a little bit about the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, we got training camp just kicking off, and uh, we got uh, some news yesterday about the New Orleans Saints uh, not having any fans in an opening game, a game where a lot of people are looking forward to. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees, two first ballot Hall of Famers. So first question I want to ask you is, what are your thoughts about no fans being at the opening game Breeze versus Brady. I mean, if I'm being honest, I think it stinks. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I understand, I guess, why they, they would do it, um, given the, the, you know, the numbers and what COVID-19 is telling them with the data, et cetera. I, I get why. Um, but, you know, at the same time, um, you know, it's it's one of those deals where you look at it and say, you, you kind of almost have to do it. it it's going to be weird. It's right. going to be strange. Uh, and, you know, Tom Brady versus Drew, I mean, that's a marquee matchup. And uh, I know the networks have wanted it for a long time mm-hmm. and they're getting it, but the fans aren't. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's very unfortunate. I mean, this is a game where a lot of people were looking forward to, you know, two legends uh, going at it. And I know a lot of people uh, in the Who That Nation are very upset about that. Um, also, uh, there was some talks about uh, it possibly uh, not even having home games uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Do you know anything? about that uh, uh do you know any reports that um when uh saints fans will be able to be uh back at the dome yeah it would be uh sheerly speculative if i were to say anything about that uh, i don't know about the uh the green bay packers fan uh, the, the packers game uh, i think that what we can all operate under is uh truly the unknown we just don't know right that's what we've learned uh, a lot with this virus is we just don't know we don't know uh, what tomorrow brings. You know, we, we learn something about this virus every day that's right. different. Right. Um, so, you know, I would I would just, you know, take it as it comes, one day at a time. I know it sounds cliche <laughs> and it sounds a, a little silly, but that's right. truly the approach that I've kind of taken is, uh, hey, I'm going to take the news uh, of, of this kind of stuff one day at a time, and we'll see if it changes and hope for, for it to change and hope for it to be positive. But, you know, you just don't know. There's a lot of factors that go into place here and are going to play here and you know you just don't know how that's going to work out so i'm not a doctor i'm not an epidemiologist i don't know um i i i i trust what the cdc tells us right um you know outside of that you know that's kind of how i how i approach it if the cdc says something i pay attention to it yeah i mean that's that's what we're all you know been doing or what we should be doing you know paying attention to uh, those individuals to give us updates on that uh, but I know, like I said, a lot of people in the Who That Nation are really upset about the fact that they won't be able to uh, root for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, one person uh, that, that talked about that, he, uh, he had a press conference, I think today was Marcus Williams. Uh, Marcus Williams uh, going into his fourth season with the New Orleans Saints. A lot of ups and downs with Marcus Williams, you know, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, people on the fence as far as uh, Marcus Williams as a safety. What is your opinion about uh, Marcus Williams and his his development um, ever since he came into the league back in 2017? 
I think he's a tremendous. Uh, he's got tremendous ball skills, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he makes plays on the ball. Right. He doesn't make enough of them though. Right? <laughs> it's too infrequent. I mean, you know, the, we see him and you know flash it here and there, right. where he looks like he's he's back there in center field and uh, making plays. And then there's right. the issue ultimately, I, which I think is is going to be the reason why the Saints aren't going to pay him, is he can't tackle. Yeah. He, he, he's not a good tackle. Yeah. That's just that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, he's got good ball skills, but I think that they feel like they can find another player like him right. at a lot cheaper price going right. forward. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's something that he actually talked about, too. He talked about uh, um, his working offseason, him working on his tackling. And, I, I mean, honestly, to me, Christian, I see a little bit of a comparison between him and a young Malcolm Jenkins. And, it's on, you know, ironically, Malcolm Jenkins is back in a Saints uniform. So do you think that Malcolm Jenkins, a guy who I feel like kind of had the same issues at the beginning of his career as a Saint, do you think that he would be just what Marcus Williams need as a mentor to help him maybe take that next step? I don't think Malcolm Jenkins had a tackling issue in early in his career. It was the opposite. He didn't make plays on the ball until he mm-hmm. left New Orleans. Right. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, I think that, <clears throat> I think that, you know, you can't, you know, tackling is a mindset. It's a, it's a want to. Right. And either you want to or you don't. And right. I don't know that Marcus Williams really wants to. I think he would prefer to make plays on the ball. Um, and, and he's really good at that. But right. you know, I don't know if, if, if Malcolm Jenkins is going to be a mentor or not. Um, I, I think that there's going to be room for he, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And I'm sorry, he, I didn't say his name because he, he just changed his name, but I can't remember what. Changed his name. Was it was it CD Deuce? Uh, CD Deuce, right? <laughs> yeah, CD Deuce. Um, whatever. I mean, whatever he wants to call himself, I don't really care. Um, but but um, you know, I don't know. I think Malcolm brings some things to this defense um, that that they'll benefit from. He's a veteran, and I'm sure a lot of those young players, including CD Deuce, Marcus Williams, and others, are going to listen when Malcolm Jenkins talks, in particular when it comes to uh, when it comes to technique and and play in a position of safety. Yeah, yeah, I do think that, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions about Marcus Williams. Uh, I actually like him, you know, as as a safety. I just feel like he has a, a little bit of a confidence issue. I, I, I feel like he never bounced back fully uh, from that Minneapolis miracle. You know, I think that, um, you know, that play in particular has been in his head for years. The fact that, you know, anytime, like, the NFL has shown something, like, top plays, his – his play always seems to show up and I don't know if it's like in his psyche or whatever like that. I mean, he does a lot of good things, but I think that a lot of people in the who that nation like pay attention to, you know, those late moments in the game, like, you know, George Kittle, or, you know what I'm saying? Like plays where they felt like he could have made a play and he didn't, but um, let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about the, the offensive line. Now we have offensive line battle, uh, two young uh, up and coming and, potential studs uh eric mccoy and um newly acquired uh rookie cesar ruiz um of course eric mccoy played center last year and he did a, a pretty decent job but the saints drafted cesar ruiz uh um, with their first pick uh in the nfl draft this season um do you see uh cesar ruiz being the starting center or do you see him as a possible guard this season and maybe transition to center in year two you, you answered the question. I think it's uh, right there. He's going to play guard this year and transition to center in year two. I think had COVID-19 not been a real thing, I think the plan was to kick um, McCoy outside to the guard position. Right. 
Uh, that's more of his natural spot. I mean, he, if you look at him, he's a, that's a big old center. I mean, he's a big, big boy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's more of a natural fit for him. Um, and um, I think Cesar Ruiz slides in to center the center spot spot in year two. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that uh, Cesar Ruiz. I mean, you look at us. Uh, I mean, his scouting report. I mean, he, he never had a holding call in college, and only uh, calls he had was illegal man downfield. I mean, this guy's a solid player, so I know a lot of people in the Huda Nation uh, looking forward to seeing him, um, you know, in the Saints uniform and seeing what he can do on the field. Uh, but um, from the offensive line, uh, we got to talk about the running game. Um, Alvin Kamara um, came out, said that he was dealing with uh, injuries uh, throughout the whole entire season. Um, there were reports. I don't know how accurate they are, but they said that he had a, you know, a tour MCL. Uh, but he played. And um I feel like, I mean, that was very admirable of him, the fact that he was going into a contract year, um, the fact that he could have easily, like, cost himself millions of dollars, but he still played. Uh, my question is to you before I, I ask you about Alvin Kamara. Latavius Murray uh, played two games. He played against the Chicago Bears, and he played again against their, with the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, he had really good games, 110 yards, I think, again, with the Chicago Bears, 102 against the Arizona Cardinals. Why is it that the Saints have not or will not utilize Latavius Murray more in the running game? Yeah, um, I, I don't I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, I think they should. I, I think he, you know, his play merits more touches, more carries. He's a physical kind of runner. Right. Um, and when and he finishes going forward, he, he makes people pay for, um, for tackling him. Uh, I, I like – I'm a fan of Latavius Murray. Right. I think he should get more touches. I hope he does this year. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like uh, he's a he's a solid player. Anytime, like, he comes in, Christian, like, I mean, he only have about seven, eight carries a game. But he always has that one uh, carry that, you know, takes up the majority, you know, like maybe like 10, 12 yards or something like that. Even that game uh, week one against the, against the Texans, I mean, he broke one. So I, I think he has a lot of talent, but I'm just – I mean, I'm just a little confused about why they don't use him uh, that much. Uh, but we talk about Alvin Kamara. Uh, what do you think about his injury? Um, and, and do you feel like he is going to have a bounce back season? Uh, I mean, uh, like you said, I think it's admirable that he went out there and played. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the expectation in the NFL. There's a difference between, between being hurt and being injured. I think right. he's hurt more right. so than he was injured. Right. And um, you know, I think he is going to have a bounce back. If he stays healthy, We've seen what a, what a healthy Alvin Kamara can do and what right. he's capable of. And, you know, you could see he lacked some of that explosion last year. Right. He just did. He lacked right. some, some of that some of that, that quickness, that initial quickness that uh, I think, we you know, has made him so successful in the National Football League mm -hmm. over the last few seasons. And I, I fully expect big things from him. Right. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I like how, you know, I've seen some pictures of him. It's like he, you know, he gained some muscle. I mean, he's been working on his balance. And you can arguably say, you know, the first couple games of the season, he was one of the best running backs in football. And, I mean, when you seen that Jacksonville game, you clearly knew that something was going on because his production was like night and day, in my opinion. But um, yeah. let's talk a little bit about the defense. Uh, you know, uh, there are some articles coming out talking about how the New Orleans Saints, uh, they want to uh, be a top-five defense. I think uh, Alex Azzalone talked about that in an interview he did. Uh what can the Saints do uh, to to have an elite defense? Like, what what needs to get done in order for the New Orleans Saints 
to be one of the most elite defenses in football? Force more turnovers. I mean, they didn't turn the ball. They didn't force a lot of turnovers last year. Yeah. They were really good with pressure on the quarterback, top five in sacks. They were they were uh, really good against the run. Um, but you know, they need to for, force more t- turnovers. And uh, you know, it goes back to that old recipe in two thousand nine mm-hmm. when you gave Drew Brees the ball, a couple extra possessions a game. Yeah, he he's gonna make you pay. Right. So I, I think it's forcing turnovers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think they need to get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I think it kind of drops off. Well, they were top five in sacks last year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, but Kristen, I mean, I, I get that, but it seems to me like, like when, when the game was really on the line for the exception, I think the Atlanta Falcon game on Thanksgiving, when it, when they needed for the defense to close and Cam Jordan made the sack on Matt Ryan. I feel like that's a little bit too few and far in between. You know, I feel like their, their ability to close it has has been questioned you know what i'm saying as far as like them not getting it done i i, I said when uh mike the t was on the show a couple of days ago it's like driving a car for 44 minutes and you have a 45 minute commute and you drive perfectly for 44 minutes you know it's like nobody remembers like how good or how you know fair they play it, it's those last few minutes of the game that i mean that's to me but um you talked about uh you mentioned drew Brees with that um i think about like peyton manning uh, i think about when peyton manning was uh you know playing with the denver broncos and how you know towards the twilight of his career the defense kind of stepped up and also the running game uh my question is to you is do you think there's going to be uh more of a commitment to the run this season for the new orleans saints yeah, I do, uh, and, and I think it's, you know, less of Drew is more. Uh, you hear Bobby say that all the time, and I agree with that, in particular at this stage of his career. Um, you know, I think if you look at the way they've drafted and the way they've fortified that offensive line, uh, I mean, you've got you've got four first-round picks. Right. Not first-round. you got four top picks. I know, yeah. I know McCoy wasn't necessarily a first-rounder. I get yeah. that, mm-hmm. uh, but you get what I'm saying. You yeah, yeah, I got four you. Four high draft picks, highly mm-hmm. invested. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to count to Ron Armstead, that's a third rounder. So right. they've got investments along that offensive line. Yeah. So there's a reason why, there's a reason for that. And I think that they fully intend to commit to the run a little bit more this year. Yeah. Yeah, I know we are all looking forward to seeing, you know, the Saints uh, be one of those top uh, running teams. I mean, we think back to 2009 where they were top five, um, they had a top five rushing attack. I mean, you know, with, Pierre Thomas and, and Reggie Bush, you know, and Mike Bell. I mean, those those were the guys that led them, you know, in my opinion, you know, to get, you know, get over that hump to win a Super Bowl title. Um, lastly, um, I want to ask you about the rookies. Uh, the Saints have uh, Zach Bond. Uh, we know about Cesar Ruiz. Uh, we know about Adam Troutman. But there's several other rookies, um, undrafted uh, rookies that are part of the Saints team. What rookie are you looking forward to seeing, and uh, who do you think is going to be the breakout rookie for the New Orleans Saints? Uh, breakout, I don't know, just because of the position he's going to play, but mm-hmm. I think uh, Calvin Throckmorton, the big uh, offensive lineman out nope. of Oregon, okay, I think he's got a real, ch- I think he's got a real chance to make this team. Wow. Um, and you know, if you look at what they invested in him in terms of a signing bonus, <laughs> um, you know that, that that stuff matters, right? So I think, you know, I think that's a player that you look at mm-hmm. and say. You know, don't be surprised if he makes this team. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, 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 one person um, that the Who That Nation, uh, as, as far as like the State of the Saints podcast, uh, a lot of people uh, talk about is Marquez Callaway. Um, there's a wide receiver battle going on in camp, I'm, I'm sure. 
Uh, do you think that Marquez Callaway could be a part of that wide receiver rotation? Um, yeah, but I mean, he's got some, you know, he's got things working against him. Like a lot of these rookies, they're, they're without the benefit of OTAs and mini camps and uh, all rookie mini camps. And, you know, so they're behind, they're going to be pressed into action and they're going to have to really know what they're doing. If, if you're an undrafted player this mm -hmm. year, this is the, the wrong year to be an undrafted guy <laughs> because of all those factors. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, it, it's already an uphill battle with being a rookie and and having to uh, absorb those playbooks. I mean, the fact that you don't have no OTAs, no mini camp, and you're basically just going there as a as a blank sheet of paper. I mean, it's, it might be a little bit tough, but I mean, hopefully they'll be able to weather the storm. Um, but uh, Christian, thank you so much for uh, being a part of the State of the Saints podcast and. We are definitely looking forward to hearing from you uh, throughout this 2020 season on WWL. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thank Appreciate you, man. It. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All, right. All right. That was WWL's Christian Garrick, man. Good stuff right there. <laughs> good, 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 good stuff right there, man. So uh, right now, uh, what we're going to do is uh, going to take questions from the Who That Nation. Special shout out to everybody in the chat right now i'm seeing jerry in there see chad uh chemo mike up in here uh kai in here uh so man shouts out to all of you uh kai says whoa christian garrett that's big right there what's good with it tj i mean what's going on with it man uh yeah man christian garrett um actually you know i asked him today you know would he be a part of the state of the saints podcast and man he uh you know what i'm saying he was nice enough to uh give us a few minutes of his time man so uh I appreciate that. Uh, Kristen Garrett, I mean, y'all already know, man. I mean, he, you know, used to do sideline reports for New Orleans Saints, but now, you know, he's in a booth uh, exclusively with uh, Bobby A. Bell uh, once uh, Deke uh, Vettavia, um end up, uh, you know, stepping down. So, uh, you know, uh, he does a good job, man. So, and shouts out to Christian. Uh, Caleb says, what's good? Who that fam? Uh, talking about safeties, I think we could use a Darren Sharper kind of safety a guy that's a ball hawk that can bring the wood. Yeah, I agree. Um, Christian even talked about it, man. It seems like to me, like, seems like to me, man, Christian Garrett, <laughs> Christian is uh, a little bit, you know, like some of the other, uh, in the who, some of the others in the who that nation, um, they, they're kind of frustrated with Marcus Williams, man. They feel like he needs to step up or step aside. So I don't know, man, this might be a make or break year for Marcus Williams as much as I like him, man. So, um, I, I think that uh, he can, um, you know, I think he can step it up. I, I think he can. So uh, Jerry Poor says, I'm angry from last night, man. What happened last night? What happened last night, Jerry? Why are you upset? Okay. He says, can't believe Griffin signed with the Cowgirls. Yeah, man, that was, uh, that was unfortunate, but you know what? I mean, closed mouths don't get fed. And I don't know if he talked to the Saints or not, or, I don't know how aggressively the New Orleans Saints tried to pursue him. I, I really don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. All is not lost, okay? I feel like all is not lost. Uh, I feel like the Saints still have enough players, and there's still some guys out there. I mean, there's still Jadavion Clowney out there, so who knows? The Saints might uh, end up getting him. But I, I do feel like uh, it's very frustrating when I hear that the Dallas Cowboys uh, signed him for $6 million in the Saints or 10 million dollars uh under the salary cap so i mean i just feel like i mean why 
I'll be ripping them. Thank you very much uh, for the two dollars. He said, how come you ain't asked him about my farts? Uh, I'll be ripping them. We love you, man. But people that may not know you, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they may think that that's a little bit weird. And um, <laughs> but we love you here, man. So but uh, I, I can't ask him about the farts, man, because I don't know. That might cause him not to want to come back one day. But anyway, we still love you. I'll be ripping them. And uh, we appreciate your uh, your humor. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for the two dollars. Terrence says uh, Saints shouldn't lose a game based on their talent level. Best I've seen since I've been watching the Saints. That's a good that's a good point right there. Um, I do feel like they're they're super talented, but um, for them to get to this point, you know, I mean, this might be the final the final uh, crescendo, if you will. You they going they're going to have to get this together. They are going to have to figure it out. They are going to have to find a way to get over the hump. Who that nation? I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I got to call it like I see it. If the Saints don't make it, don't make it to the Super Bowl this season, it might be a long time before they're in this type of position again. If you think about all the players that have to get signed, um, guys are going to have to become cap casualties. We don't know what the cap is going to be next year due to the fact that the salary cap most likely might go down instead of going up due to COVID-19. So there's a lot of unanswered questions. And this might be the final opportunity for the New Orleans Saints to get over that hump. Or we're probably going to be seeing some growing pains in the future, man, because you're not going to be able to pay all these guys. They got to get it done this season. They cannot be uh, giving up big plays in crucial situations. Sean Payton cannot be petty to the point where he wants to let everybody know how much of a genius he is and don't want to commit to the run. It is going to have to take a balanced attack and it is going to take a, an elite Herculean type defense in order for them to get where they need to be. No more excuses. Okay. I, I'm, I'm tired of excuses. I'm tired of hearing about this. We didn't do this and we need to look in the mirror that and, and, you know, like we had them and all that kind of stuff. Look, I'm over that. And I'm pretty sure you and a who that nation, you're over it too. This is their moment. This is their time. And there's no excuse for the New Orleans Saints not to be in it in the end. If they're not in it in the end, I don't care if they go to the wild card game and lose, go to the divisionals and lose. This season is a failure, Super Bowl or bust. Okay. Let's stop pretending. Let's stop going back and forth with each other and, and, and acting as if we don't see what's going on here. Okay. Let's stop pretending like we don't understand that elite quarterbacks are not, you know what I'm saying, aren't easy to find. You know what I'm saying? They're, I mean, they're hard to find. Excuse me. Let's not pretend like Drew Brees is. You know what I'm saying? Or aren't elites and you can't just get them anywhere. Okay. You can't just go into a Home Depot or a Lowe's and find a, a Drew Brees like you can find a hammer or a saw. Okay. So they got to take advantage. And I know a lot of people are upset about Drew Brees' arm strength and they say stuff like Drew Brees, uh, you know, he over the hill and, and all this stuff right there. Look, Drew Brees still gives, gives you a dynamic that most quarterbacks cannot give you and that's the ability to not turn the ball over at an alarming rate okay as much as we believe that 
Jameis Winston can resurrect his career, and I'm rooting for Jameis. He still has a tendency of turning a ball over. And be 100 about it right now, who that nation. Who do you trust right now? Okay, as 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 much arm talent and as young as Jameis Winston is right now, you know for a fact that you do not trust Jameis Winston to a point where you feel he can lead the Saints or Taysom Hill. You know, as much as you may root for him and as much as you want him to be the successor to Drew Brees, you know for a fact that you do not want to see Taysom Hill right now and you do not believe that Taysom Hill can lead the Saints to the Super Bowl. This is their moment, Who That Nation. This is the moment that will define a legacy. Okay, this this moment right here will define a legacy of Drew Brees. Okay, the legacy is, is he just a stat padding quarterback with one Super Bowl ring or is he one of the greatest of all time with two? I'm just being 100, folks. That That's what it's all about. It, it's time for us to stop sugarcoating and beating around the bush. The Saints are too good for us to be, you know, acting as if we're talking about the Cleveland Browns here. Or, or we're talking about, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know, the New York football giants over the last couple of years. This is a team that could beat any team on any given Sunday decisively. And I don't care if it's the Kansas City Chiefs that we're talking about. It's that type of talent that is in New Orleans. Uh, Kimo says, too bad they're not on the schedule this season, hopefully playoffs. Yeah, I hope so, too, uh, if we talk about the Saints. Like Mike Tyson said, I don't believe in talent. <laughs> uh, I believe in talent, okay? I believe that it takes uh, certain levels of talent in order for you to get uh, to where you need to be. I do believe that. Okay, so the Saints have too much talent, which is the, the most frustrating thing about all of this. Kimo says, can we at least talk about my farts? Uh, <laughs> I know clearly that's not Kimo uh, talking right there. So I know that's not him. But uh, shouts out to I'll be ripping him, trolling uh, Kimo right now. Danny says, brother, I've been watching your show for a couple years. I agree with damn near all you say. But, brother, I think New Orleans got that old line to keep Breeze upright um, in his feet and not run block. Um, I believe they're going to run. But Mike T, Emmanuel Sanders, and all the targets, just my opinion. Danny, I agree with what you're saying. And I understand. And you know what I'm saying? Well, let me let me rephrase that. You have a right to believe what you believe, and I understand why you believe what you believe, okay? I believe that the Saints, like you said, I agree with this part, that they did get the offensive line to keep Drew Brees upright. I do agree with that. You need more athletic guards in the middle, you know what I'm saying? Because the basically the blueprint has been set, okay? The fact is teams know if they put the elite pass rushers in the middle and go up the a gap against Drew Brees, they know that they can find success. That's the reason why we no longer have Larry Warford. That's the reason why they feel like they had to get somebody like Cesar Ruiz, a guy that is athletic enough on the inside, and also Eric McCoy, another guy who is young and athletic on the inside. 
And you even see Andrews Pete, who lost 30 pounds in the offseason. So you had to believe that the New Orleans Saints had a come to Jesus meeting with Andrews Pete before they seen him sign his contract. And I'm pretty sure they probably seen some pictures of him trying to develop. And that's the reason why they signed him back and the fact that he's as young as he is. But the blueprint has been set. So the Saints have to get a little bit more athletic on the inside. But here's where I, I say that I differ from you, Danny. This is where I differ from you. The Saints ain't winning a damn thing if they don't run the football. Okay? Sean Payton has to be, excuse me, the biggest idiot on this side of the Mississippi if he believes that throwing a football 40 times a game with a 41-year-old quarterback is, is going to get you where you need to be. I mean, honestly, folks, I'm, I, I like to consider myself an NFL historian. So if I can take you uh, uh, take you um, down memory lane just for a second, okay? When the 49ers got rid of Joe Montana, Joe Montana left the 49ers and went to the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe Montana was in the twilight of his career. You know what the Kansas City Chiefs did? They went out. They went to Oakland or Los Angeles at the time, and they acquired Marcus Allen, okay? And they allowed Marcus Allen to run the football. Ran the football all the way to the AFC Championship game. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs were, weren't successful in the AFC Championship game, but they ran the football, okay? That, you know what I'm saying? That, that's uh, one example. Brett Favre, okay? Back in 2009, I'm pretty sure everybody know where I'm going with this. Adrian Peterson was out there beasting, okay? They gave the ball to Adrian Peterson. Brad Childress understood that he had Brad Favre that can get the ball down the field, but he had Adrian Peterson, and he knew that Adrian Peterson can carry the team. 2015, the Denver Broncos which I mentioned on the interview call with Christian Garrett, okay? They ran the football, and they allowed their defense to run wild. That is what they did. I say that to say this. When quarterbacks start to get older, when quarterbacks start to uh, get to the twilight of their career, coaches have to find and commit to the running game in order for them to get where they need to be because those quarterbacks aren't the quarterbacks like Joe Montana who threw the ball to Dwight Clark for, for the catch, okay? They're not like Peyton Manning who threw the ball to Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne back in Indianapolis. Drew Brees is not the same Drew Brees as much as we love him, not the same Drew Brees throwing the ball to Marcus Coast and Lance Moore and Robert Meacham. And the Saints have to adjust to that. And if Sean Payton does not adjust to that, then the Saints aren't going anywhere. And I want everybody to understand that. You heard it right here, okay? They're not going anywhere. We might as well, you know what I'm saying, just go ahead and kill that noise. If the Saints don't run the football, if they're not committed to the run, if they do not allow Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray to at least have about 30 to 35 carries per game, they aren't going anywhere. And we're wasting our time. We, I mean, we're wasting our time as fans believing that they are going to get anywhere because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, folks. Earl says, been saying that, bro. We will never get back to the Super Bowl glory. 
I don't want to say Earl and shout out to Earl, man. Great podcast. Man, I checked out your podcast on Anchor. Make sure you plug it inside of the uh inside of the chat, man. Good, good stuff right there. Shouts out to Earl uh Brox, man. Y'all check them out on Anchor FM. Send that link down so everybody can get it, bro. But anyway, man, um, yeah, you're not going anywhere, Earl. You're not going anywhere if you if you don't run the football. Period. I'm sorry. We're 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 playing ourselves, folks. We're playing ourselves who that nation. If we think that we are going to win or get to a Super Bowl on the back of Drew Brees in 2020, not happening. Not happening, folks. Uh, John, shouts out to John. John says, I think that the Saints will step up this year for Brees. He wants another ring, and his teammates want to send him out riding off into the sunset with that second ring. There's some validity behind that, John, but – these guys want to win a Super Bowl for themselves, too. Think about somebody like Cam Jordan, okay? He's close to 100 sacks. And when you start to get into 100 sack territory as, as a career defensive end, they start thinking about mentioning you for the Hall of Fame when you retire, okay? But what makes you more appetizing? What makes you more appetizing for the Hall of Fame committee? It don't mean a thing if you ain't got that ring. You know what I'm saying? It don't mean nothing at all. So Cam Jordan is playing for legacy. I hate to say it, Sean Payton is playing for legacy. Drew Brees is playing for legacy. Don't get it twisted, folks. He has all the statistical categories under his belt, right, as a quarterback. He has all of the categories under his belt. Not many quarterback uh, records that Drew Brees can't break or have not broken already. But you know, broke a lot of records. Ken Anderson. Okay, Ken Anderson. Even though Ken Anderson didn't win a Super Bowl like Drew Brees, he still was one of the top quarterbacks in the 70s for the Cincinnati Bengals, but has not reached the Hall of Fame. Ken Stabler, decent quarterback. I think he got two Super Bowl rings, and he just went to the Hall of Fame about three or four years ago. Legacy is on the line in New Orleans. You can say, man, you know, Drew Brees, man, he already a legend to me, man. He's going to the Hall of Fame. But I'm telling y'all, man, if Drew Brees wants to kill a noise, if Drew Brees wants to not be snubbed ever again in life, because even though we felt like it was an embarrassment, he wasn't a part of the top uh, 100 team or whatever like that, you know, when they, when they had the uh, 100 team this past season. Honestly, as long as he has one ring and a whole bunch of records, people can continuously snub him because eventually the way the NFL is going, all of his records are going to drop. I mean, you can't even sneeze on a quarterback. I mean, the way you have to sack a quarterback these days, you basically got to rock him and say, rock a baby and, and throw a snuggie on him and, and follow by a pillow. So, you know, for a fact, people like Patrick Mahomes, people like Carson Wentz, people like Jared Goff, People like Russell Wilson are going to shatter Drew Brees' records. And what are you going to have left? What are you going to have left to separate you from the elites, the greats, the, the goats, if you will? That extra Super Bowl. That's the reason why, you know what I'm saying, people jumped in front of him. That's the reason why, you know what I'm saying, like all those other guys ended up jumping in front of him. If Drew Brees doesn't want to be jumped in front of ever again, as long as he lives, he got to win another one. 
And it's about legacy too for these these Saints players, man. Because I'm about to put pressure on their behinds. If the Saints don't at least make it to one Super Bowl, the Saints, the New Orleans Saints team from 2017 to the present moment are the are the biggest failures in NFL history. Straight up. The biggest failures in NFL history. First off, you have to go back to the Detroit Lions. The last time a team had an offense and a defensive rookie of the year. That means that the Saints had the two best players as rookies on their team. All pros like Ryan Ramchick, right? You know what I'm saying? Michael Thomas, all these dudes, you know what I'm saying? Like Armstead, you know what I'm saying? Second team all pros. Cam Jordan, first team all pros. You got all these different dudes scattered about. You got arguably the greatest draft class of all time. And you have nothing to show for it except heartbreak and high blood pressure. That right there is a failure. So anybody that don't believe that, I'm sorry to tell you, you're, you're delusional. If the Saints don't make it to the Super Bowl, what, I mean, from the fact that they had the best draft class in NFL history, and those guys developed in the same system over the past three to four years, and they have absolutely nothing to show for it, they are, in my opinion, the biggest failures in NFL history as far as teams are concerned. You can talk about the Atlanta Falcons back in 2015. That was one game, okay? That was one game. But I'm talking about over the course of time, okay? The Falcons, when they went to the to the uh, Super Bowl, right, I think they only made, like, the playoffs one time. That was the next year, and they haven't made it back since. The New Orleans Saints consistently has made the playoffs and have the best record among teams over the past three seasons and have absolutely nothing to show for it. Think about that, folks. They have absolutely nothing to show for it. It's sad. And I'm frustrated. And we look, we can go ahead and knock off 2018 because they that they did screw us. But what about last year? Right? You were just as good, in my opinion, better than the Green Bay Packers. You were better than the Minnesota Vikings. If you would have committed to the run, allowed Taysom Hill to play a little bit more, then you would have won. 2017, I felt like nobody really saw them coming. And uh, you know what I'm saying? They just they was one of the hottest teams in the league. So, I mean, you can kind of toss it up between them and Philly, but they should have still been in the NFC Championship game. The Saints should have at least been in the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl two out of the last three years. It's sad, folks. It's sad. And, and I'm, 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 I'm hella uh, frustrated about that. All good teams uh, have uh, a banging running back. Danny, absolutely right. Think about some of the top teams in the league last year. Okay, let's think. Let's think about. Let's think about the teams that were some of the top teams in the playoffs. Let's look at the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry. Let's look at uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they had uh, Damian Williams out there running wild. Look at the 49ers. I mean, them boys was out there balling. You know what I'm saying? They had a a whole uh, stable full of running backs. Tevin 
uh Tevin Coleman, uh, you know what I'm saying? They, I mean, just just all type of guys. I mean, they had Debo Samuels back there running. You know what I'm saying? Like they they had they had him running wild. I mean, come on, man. Like, give me a break. Like, you gotta have a running game, man. Yeah, you gotta have a running game in order for you to uh get anything done. Man, thank y'all for being a part of the State of Saints podcast tonight. Thank y'all for for being a part of the show, man. If you're just joining us earlier um, on the podcast, we had Christian Garrett, the host of um, WWL's uh, Point After, um, along with Bobby A. Bear. He talked a little bit to us about the New Orleans Saints. We appreciate him for that. Shouts out to everybody here in the chat. Phoebe uh, says, uh, if the Saints don't make it to the Super Bowl this year, they are done. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, nothing else needs to be said. I 100% agree with what you said. Um, I'm pretty sure you said it with your chest when you said it. It's, it's, It's facts. It's facts. Look, man, I love the New Orleans Saints, man. I've been following the Saints my entire life. I don't have any memories that don't involve the New Orleans Saints in some capacity growing up as a kid, okay? When I was young, my grandmother set me on a living room floor and she introduced me to the Saints. And I've been hooked ever since. Ups and downs. And, and I followed this team, my like I said, my entire life. I've seen some of the best moments of the Saints. I've seen some of the worst moments of the Saints. And I'm telling you right now, I am 34 years old. Like I said, my entire life, all I remember is watching Saints football. If the New Orleans Saints do not make it to the Super Bowl, it is going to be a while before they get back into this position. I'm sorry. I'm not going to say that they ain't going to make the playoffs. I'm not going to say they're not going to be able to, you know what I'm saying, like win a couple games, double-digit wins, because you still have Sean Payton as a coach, and he is a good coach. But you're not going to have that type of production, folks. I don't care if you have Taysom Hill. I don't care if you have Jameis Winston. None of them is on the level of Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a once-in-a-lifetime type talent. He is a a once-in-a-lifetime type quarterback. We were fortunate enough to get him in 2006, and we have been fortunate enough that he only missed about three games his entire career with the New Orleans Saints. So chances are, you may not get that. I mean, look at look at the Indianapolis Colts. They 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 got rid of Peyton Manning. They got Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was in and out of the lineup. Peyton Manning was never out of the lineup. So you never know, folks. You never know. Corvette says you took me out uh, with a headache and high blood pressure. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true, Corvette. I mean, it, it's it's true. Like, can you think about any other team that gives you so much heartache and frustration than the New Orleans Saints? I love it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't trade it for the world because it's a funny story, you know, once everything dies down. You know, the fact that uh, one of my first dates uh, with my wife um we was probably like three months into it, right? We was about three months into to our relationship, okay? So that's probably, you know, that's probably the beginning stage, you know what I'm saying? The stage that would decide if 
the woman or the guy thinks you crazy or not, right? And I'm at her house and she cooking, you know what I'm saying? She frying, she got the deep fry out. She she frying up them chicken wings, you know what I'm saying? For the divisional round of the playoffs. And I'm watching Stefan Diggs run down the sidelines and I'm falling and rolling all over the floor, okay? And I'm pretty sure at this time because she was just starting to get to know me. I'm glad that she didn't think that I was crazy. <laughs> I'm glad, man. But that's what the Saints do to us, man. That's what they do. You know, that, that I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but can you think about any other team that makes something so easy, something that should be so simple, so complicated? And you watch other teams that been stinking it up and, and and haven't been good over the past couple of years, and all of a sudden here they come creeping it, creeping it, creeping it into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl like the 49ers. Why can't we be like this? It's not like nobody saw us coming. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, in 2017, nobody saw the Saints coming. 2018, you may have. 2019, you may have. But come on, man. Like. Give me a freaking break. High blood pressure. <laughs> thank you very much for the $5 says. I like to thank the Saints fan base for making me so prominent. Y'all my best customer. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. High blood pressure for the $5. Really do appreciate it. You're absolutely right. Um, CBS Pharmacy has been serving the Saints community for over what? 52 or 53 years right you know what i'm saying cbs pharmacy and walgreens have been serving the new orleans saints because on monday people are going in droves reported to cbs pharmacy to pick up their blood pressure medication dealing with the new orleans saints straight up hell murray running for minnesota latavius murray been running everywhere danny the, I mean, I, look, I feel like that, that's this term, right? Always the bridesmaid and never the bride. That is the definition of Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray was a beast in Oakland, but they didn't want him. No, we don't want him, man. We don't want him. Nah, this, this is just a this is just an aberration. You know what I'm saying? He's not that good. Get signed by Minnesota. Play pretty doggone good. But nah, nah, we don't want him, man. We want this this guy out of Florida State, Dalvin. We want Dalvin out there. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And the dude is good. And he gets better as games go on. The two games that Alvin Kamara didn't play, he had 24 carries and 22 carries, which proves to me, before I even get into this, which proves to me that if Sean Payton wants to run a football, he will run the football. Okay. I get it. You have faith and confidence in Drew Brees. Drew Brees wasn't playing. Teddy Bridgewater wasn't on Drew Brees level. Okay. I get it. But the fact that you teased us and ran the football 46 times in two weeks with one dude tells me that you can run a damn ball if you want to. And that's what's the frustrating part about all this, okay? But back to Latavius Murray. The dude ran a football. Dude did a good job. Why the hell didn't Sean Payton use him? Better yet, why would you allow your star stud running back to hurry back to play when he didn't have to? Somebody please explain that to me. 
Why are you trying to hurry back or allowing your stud running back to hurry himself back when you have a running back who is his backup who had 46 carries over 220 yards over 350 yards of total offense in the absence of your stud? Don't make any sense. Don't make any sense at all. I don't get it. But I do know this. Sean Payton has to run the football, folks. Sean Payton has to commit to the run. Okay? He has got to commit to the run. He has got to allow Drew Brees to take a back seat if the Saints are going to win at all. Derek says, I agree. All those great teams we had, we should have at least three trophies. The Saints owe our fans, the Saints owe our fans big time. Derek, I don't know about three, okay? I don't want to discredit the Philadelphia Eagles team because they were pretty doggone good. But 2018, and that's the thing. Case Keenum beat you. Kirk Cousins beat you. Jared Goff beat you. It wasn't like, like, (laughs) think about this, folks. Think about this for a second. The Saints in 09 beat Kurt Warner, Brett Favre, and Peyton Manning. That's who Drew Brees beat in order for him to get a Super Bowl trophy. But over the past couple years, you lost to a young, inexperienced, he wasn't who he is right now, Russell Wilson. You lost to Kurt Cousins. You lost to Jared Goff. You lost to Case freaking Keenum. You lost to Alex Smith. No disrespect to Alex Smith. I'm glad that he he can uh, play football again. I'm happy for that. But Alex Smith, come on, man. Alex Smith not leading a horse to water. Say the least, a Super Bowl. And you lose to him. All I'm saying is the, the resume of the scrubs on that list that I just mentioned. I mean, for the exception of Russell Wilson, for the exception, I even throw Alex Smith because he's okay. But the scrubs that you lose to, you have got to be kidding me. Got to be kidding me. This has got to be some type of April Fool joke. And it's August. You got to run the football. You got to. I, I mean, I, 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 I got to run the football. Uh, Terrence says, what do you think about the Saints moving Tommy Stevens to tight end? You know what? I don't know what to think about that, Terrence. And I'm not even going to try to pretend like, you know, I think it's a good or a bad idea because I don't know what Tommy Stevens can do. Now, I can tell you what the Saints see in Tommy Stevens. I can tell you what, what, what he can bring to the table. The fact that they see a lot of what Taysom Hill possesses, they see him um, uh, as maybe like a Taysom Hill type. And I don't know if the Saints want him to be in that position because they want to try to push or probably mold or probably get Taysom ready for 
an opportunity. I'm not going to say get him ready to be Drew Brees' successor because I'm not going to say that with my chest. But I will say they are going to try to develop him to give him the tools and give him an opportunity to be a credible starter in the league if Jameis don't work out. So I think that Tommy Stevens becoming a tight end, hopefully he can make the team. There's a strong possibility that he can. I don't know what that means about people like Josh Hill and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you 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 draft people like Adam Troutman or you got Jared Cook. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think, man, what's going to happen to Josh Hill? Josh Hill is a classic throwback type tight end. And he get, I mean, look, this is who he reminds me of. He reminds me of Jay Novacek, okay? Jay Novacek, not going to stretch the field, but in goal line situations, you throw him the football, it's going to be a touchdown, okay? Uh, and, and, you know, if you throw him the football, you know what I'm saying, going down the, um, the seam, he going to catch it. Or on the sidelines, he going to catch it. Jay Novacek, nothing wrong with that. Is he a Hall of Famer? Nah, you know what I'm saying? Credible? Yes. Um, was a, a, a person that the Cowboys can depend on? Yes. Okay, we can depend on Josh Hill. Josh Hill has made some plays when the Saints needed him most. And we know how much respect that the Saints have for him because Sean Payton said he had to eliminate 42 plays. 42 that were designed for Josh Hill in the NFC Championship game when he left with a concussion. But I'm I'm starting to really try to find a place for Josh Hill on the Saints team, and I'm slowly starting to not find a place for him, especially if Adam Troutman comes in and he can block and catch, okay? If he is the next Rob Gronkowski or the next George Kittle, bye-bye, Josh Hill. Bye-bye. Farewell. Ernest says the the Minnesota Miracles, Rams no call, Alex Smith all are because Sean Payton is the worst clock management coach in the NFL. You know what? I have to say I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree with it. I can't say wholeheartedly that I agree with it, Ernest, and I'll tell you why. Sean Payton doesn't have an issue with clock management. Sean Payton has an issue with throwing a football all over the place and not allowing the clock to do its job. Okay. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I mean, you can call that clock management. I don't know. When I think about clock, bad clocks, man, uh, bad clock management, I think about Andy Reid and Philly. I think about less miles at LSU. I think about people like that. Sean Payton's issue is he wants to throw the football all over the place and he allows teams, offenses to sit on the sidelines and drink Gatorade and be well rested in the defense of the other team, you know what I'm saying, is, is you know what I'm saying, basically getting three and outs. And the defense of New Orleans Saints are struggling. They're struggling, you know what I'm saying? Because three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, not running the football, not helping your defense at all. That's his problem, okay? That is the biggest issue with him, in my opinion. Clock management, I guess we can go there when it comes to, like, 
I don't know, scoring too soon or something like that, not depending on your defense. But in my honest opinion, if you're going to – you can't do something like that. You can't be like, man, we got to score quick. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we got to hold on to the ball because I know our defense going to screw up. Man, you can't do that, man. I mean, you, you can't do that. You can't think like that as a coach. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. Um, let's see. Uh, Darren uh, says, uh, what are your thoughts on no fans at the home opener and the effect on the game? Good or bad? Well, Darren, um, playing in a home game, I'm not going to lie to you. It, 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 it gives you an advantage. OK, because you got the loud crowd. Offense can't hear their signals. They can't they can't operate correctly. So it is going to affect the New Orleans Saints defensively, because when you're going up against an elite legend certified goat and uh tom brady okay the last thing that you want to give him are opportunities okay and the last thing that you want to give him is him being able to adjust and audible out of different situations okay and put his uh, offensive players in positions to uh expose saints uh shortcomings defensively okay but i will say this if you're good you're good if you are a great team, you're great. And no matter if you play in a Superdome or you're playing on planet Neptune, if your team is good, you're going to win. So we're going to find out how good the Saints really are. Period. We're going to see how good the coaching staff is. Period. Okay, so it's good to know. Because I feel like, to me, any team that ends up going to the Super Bowl this season is going to 100% deserve it, especially if this is a reoccurring thing and, and fans don't come back for the entire season in most cases. The team that wins it all are going to be the most disciplined. They're going to be the most focused, dialed-in team, and they're going to be the most deserving. And I think we're going to have to take our hats off because they're going to go into quiet environments and it's going to be a chess match, mano y mano, you versus me, who is going to win? So we're going to find out what they, they're made of. Um, Terrence says, if you ask Sean Payton, he will tell you Josh Hill is one of the best players on the team. Well, Terrence, that's not too much of a lie. You know, that's not a lie. You know, like uh, I, he is a good player. Um, I think sometimes like we we get wrapped up because, I mean, we, we think about the, the emergence of what a tight end actually does. Josh Hill is a tight end. A tight end is a, a guy that not supposed to go out there and be vertical. Uh, not a guy that goes out there and be out there running routes like he Jerry Rice. He's a guy that blocks in the running game. He's a guy that, that gets you short yardage when necessary. He's a guy that serves as a security blanket. So in that regard, he is pretty good. Okay, and he is a really good blocker. Okay, I know sometimes we don't pay attention to the offensive line when we don't feel like, you know, they're exciting or sexy enough in order for us to pay attention to them. And we don't pay attention to blocking tight ends. But God dog it. He is a really good blocking tight end. And when he is in a game, you can tell because on those halfback tosses on uh, some of those uh, blocks that he's uh, he's getting and allowing people like Murray and Kamara to get those extra yards. You got to get a man his respect. He will be a credible and, and a solid tight end no matter where he goes. 
Ernest says, burning timeouts. Okay, we can, yeah, we can, we can, uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. He, he does uh, burn some timeouts from, but I, I will say this, Ernest, he did get better towards, uh, I'll say the, the late, the late, the latter parts of the season, the latter parts of the season, he got better. I will say that. Uh, Lee says, uh, introduce my mom to the podcast tonight. She recognized Christian's voice right away. <laughs> well, Leanne, um, I'm glad that your mom um, listening to the podcast. Tell her, uh, us and the Who That Nation, uh, we said hello to her. And hopefully she won't be a stranger here, man. Tell her, welcome. Uh, Danny says, but uh, he ain't cooked. No, nah, he's not. I mean, but how many are cooked, Danny? How many are cooked? You know, he's not, he's not cooked, but I will say this. Uh, you, you need blocking tight ends. You need blocking tight ends and Jared cook can block. You know what I'm saying? He can, he can, he's not, he's not a strong block and he is not a better blocker than Josh Hill. Okay. But I mean, you need a blocking tight end. That's why teams, uh, you know, always have that, 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 that tight end that can go vertical, but they always have that other guy that can block. You need him. Uh, Kai says, I agree. It's either Super Bowl or bust. No Super Bowl, then this season will be a complete failure. Real talk. Sean Payton, bust the move, uh, get down and lay down. We're going to run the rock or not. Um, the choice is yours. Yeah, I mean, we got to run the football. I mean, I'm beating a dead horse here, but we got to do it. Sean Payton issue is he plays like he's either behind or he wants to run up the score and pack stats. Bernard, bravo. Absolutely. Absolutely. You cannot run. You cannot run up the score. You cannot be trying to focus on padding stats. That is not supposed to be the primary focus. The primary focus at the end of the game, no matter if you beat a team 45 to nothing, no matter if you beat a team 45 to 44, the premise of an NFL game is at the end of the game to have more points than the other team. The same problem is, is that they make games way too interesting than what they need to be. Way too interesting. I, I promise you, man, look, I have absolutely no problem to come on the State of the Saints podcast after the Saints knocked off a team 35 to 17. Or uh, 24 to 3. I have no problem with that at all, folks. Absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. There's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, I I really don't want to see these heart, heart attack games like that. It's exciting for casual fans, but not for me. You know what I'm saying? Not, not for me. I, I want the Saints. Look, they could be in nail biters, okay? That 49er game, even though they came off, you know what I'm saying, on the on the losing end of that game, it was pretty damn exciting. But at the same time, I would love to see a game like the Arizona Cardinals game more than a 49er game like that. And the sad thing about it is that they have the talent to avoid those type of shootout games. But I don't know if he just can't help himself or the fact that he just wants to beat his chest and he wants the entire NFL to bask in his glory and say, man, damn, Sean Payton, one of the greatest offensive masterminds in NFL history. Well, you know what? You can be an offensive mastermind. 
But you know who else was a great offensive mastermind? Don Coriel, okay? You remember Eric Coriel with the San Diego Chargers back in the day with Dan Faust and Kellen Winslow? I mean, you know who else was an offensive mastermind? Mike Martz. But what in the hell did Mike Martz win? Not a damn thing. Okay, so you can continue to be out here and be like, man, you're a mastermind. Man, you're great. And keep on beating on your chest and think that that one lonely Super Bowl reign is going to validate you as being one of the all-time greats and best. But it won't, okay? Because when you have people like Belichick and you have people who I feel like are going to win multiple Super Bowls in the future, like Tomlin and, and John Harbaugh, and, and I feel like Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes, eventually you're not going to seem like the offensive mastermind and genius when history starts to, uh, you know what I'm saying, reveal itself and we start to really look back into the archives. You're basically just going to be a name on a list among other names that are greater than you. You want to be on that list? You want to be great? You want to be uh, uh, somebody that people remember? Go out there and win another Super Bowl and not be that coach who had a Hall of Fame quarterback and only had one championship and one championship appearance to show for it. It would be a shame that Sean Payton had one of the most accurate, one of, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time that had ever put on an NFL uniform, and you only have one Super Bowl appearance to show for it. So what you want to do? Like honestly, what does he want to do? Does he want does he want to be a coach that just known for exotic plays and triple reverses and 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 having the guts to the kick an onside kick in the Super Bowl? That's fine. That's cool. But at the same time, once again, you're just going to be mentioned on a list before they get to the number 1 spot. You're going to be like number nine or number eight. Okay. So, how do you want to be remembered? Keep on running. I mean, keep on throwing a football all over the place like you're the New Orleans voodoo all you want to. But history is going to pass you by. And some of those plays and some of those records are going to fall. And then what? TJ, you're so right about the Saints being able to run the ball and clock management. It's important to uh, winning games. But the Saints need to pass when necessary as well. Uh, as trick plays on their playbook. Jonathan, you're right. Ain't nothing wrong with trick plays. We see this work a lot for other teams, okay? When was the last time a trick play actually worked in New Orleans? I'll wait. Please, somebody tell me. I'll wait. I got some time here. When the last time a trick play worked, a triple reverse, a, a, a something, when the last time that worked? And, oh, my goodness. Love Sean Payton. People probably think, if you're watching it for the first time, you probably think that I don't like Sean Payton. I love Sean Payton. But, this, I mean, if anybody just has some of the worst timing to call a trick play I have ever seen, it got to be Sean Payton. You'll be like, like the Saints will be on a roll, like 
first down, first down, first down. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, where the hell a trick play come from? Why do you need it? Like, uh, I'd be like, come on, what are you doing? Like, what, what, where did this come from? I mean, you're, you're running a ball down a team's throat. You're matriculating the ball down the field. Then, then all of a sudden, you're pulling a rabbit out of your hat on some on some, some foolishness. Why? I don't know, man. I don't know. Danny says, I just hope someone is, is telling Sean that. I'm pretty sure he heard it before. Levi Green says, I think Meontae Harris is going to have a big pack, um, a big impact uh, on the offense this season. Well, I agree with that. I think that he is going to uh, take a huge step um, from year one to year two. But, I mean, he was a first-team all-pro for God's sakes. But I think the Saints are going to use him um, in a variety of ways. They started to use him late last season. Uh, you're seeing him come in the game more and more. So I'm looking forward to it. Darren says, in my opinion, the offense this year has the potential to be the best in Saints history, even better than 09 and 2011. Potential. Uh, what do you think needs to happen for that to be the case? I'm just going to answer it like this. Thank you very much, Darren. Okay, that, that, is, that, is, that is what I feel they're going to need to do in order to make that happen. Okay, you answered your own question there. Okay, you answered your own question. <laughs> so no, no comment needed. You you basically answered your own question. So you ask yourself the question and you answer yourself. <laughs> um, I, I apologize. I'm I'm looking not looking directly at the camera from time to time. I'm actually reading your comments on the screen. So if I'm cutting my eyes, that I'm just looking at the screen, folks. Ernest says, however. Peyton hired some slobs for defensive coordinator. I'm not going to call him slob, Ernest. Uh, is he elite? Hells to the nub. No, he's not. Dennis Allen is not elite. But he is better and more organized than Rob Ryan was. And I will take that. And the Saints, uh, they play pretty well. Um, this is why I feel like Dennis Allen may not be the answer. Dennis Allen is good against teams that are not good offensively. Okay, I mean, you going it's it's easy for you to uh, have a good game plan when you're going up against Gardner Minshew, or you're going up against uh you know what I'm saying a backup uh, quarterback and Kyle Allen who lit you up. But um, when you're going up against a people people like Kyle Shanahan, or you know what I'm saying a person like a Andy Reid. Or a person like a, a, a John Harbaugh or something like that. Or, you know, I feel like he get exposed, okay? And I feel like that's what separates the good from the great, okay? I think that he's decent. I think that he's credible. I think that he's solid. Elite? No. Will ever be elite? No, okay? I think he gets exposed. But the Saints are more organized defensively, and I think he has better packages than Rob Ryan had as a defensive coordinator. Man, somebody on the Saints defensive line got to hit Tom Brady. I don't care if it's Cam Jordan, but he can't keep doing the dirty work by himself. But if nobody don't hit Brady, uh, he going to raw dog our offense, uh, I mean our defense out. Well, let me tell you this, man. 
somebody needs to step up defensively. Guys got to stay healthy defensively. I know it's not their fault. I mean, accidents happen. Injuries happen. It's a part of the game. But you got to stay healthy, man. You got to find ways. You got to work on your diet and nutrition. You got to work on your upper body strength. You got to work on your legs. Most injuries occur because you're not working out correctly. You're not, you know what I'm saying? You're not really pushing yourself. You know what I'm saying? You got to make sure that you're you're taking those yoga classes. You got to make sure that you're getting those stretches. You got to make sure you're taking those extra reps. You got to make sure that you're going an extra mile at practice. I mean, I talked to John DeShazer a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about the work ethic of Cam Jordan and how his work ethic stands out among those other defensive players. And no, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that those other guys don't work, but it's the little things. It's the little things that separate the good from the great. That's the reason why uh, you see Reggie Bush recording Drew Brees and he on a practice field by himself. There's a reason why. There's a reason why people like Jerry Rice, as soon as the Super Bowl is over, he running up the hill back in Mississippi in, home, in his hometown. There's a reason why those guys are, are mentioned as the all-time greats. And there are guys like Jadavion Clowney who are still – have the all-time great talent, but never, ever tapped into it. I don't want to be having conversations three and four years from now talking about Marcus Davenport being the best that never was like we heard about Marcus Dupree on a 30 for 30 special. This guy has all the talent in the world to be just as good, if not better, than, than, uh, than Cam Jordan. I will even go out on a limb. We could possibly be looking at the next Michael Strahan and Marcus Davenport if he stays healthy. That's how much talent this guy actually has. But the thing about it is people can continuously come into the chat. People can continuously have credible arguments about you because you're not on the field enough and you're quiet as a church mouse when it comes to rushing the quarterback. Yes, you do a really good job at stopping the run. And yes, I really do like him. And yes, I do feel like he is the future of the Saints defense. But let's be 100. You can have all the talent in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like Greg Oden, uh, Greg Oden had talent. Okay. Brandon Roy had talent. Okay. Uh, what, what, what's the guy I always mention? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Sean Lee had talent. But when nobody sees it. When nobody knows how good you can be, you are going to be one of the best that never was. So we got to step it up. I'm going to read a couple more. We're going to get up out of here, man. Uh, Derek says, will the shimmy shake be back on the field? Uh, hopefully Sheldon Rankins uh, uh, gets back on the field, man. It's unfortunate. But I will, I will say about Sheldon Rankins. Shouldn't have came back that early. Shouldn't have came back that early. I'm sorry. Should not have came back that early. I get it. I don't like. You know, I'm thinking about something, folks. When when I'm thinking about, man. When I think about Alvin Kamara playing with a torn MCL. When I'm thinking about Sheldon Rankins rushing back to play after Achilles injury in a divisional round of a playoffs. I'm wondering to myself, 
what in the hell is being said to them and what is being done like honestly and and as much as i you know i criticize delvin bro you know as far as like me saying he'd only had like one good year as a saint his interview that he did is kind of started to gain credibility and i'm wondering if sean payton was giving those guys the type of treatment that he was giving Delvin Bro. I don't know. Like I'm just speculating. It just it just it's just funny to me how why why are guys rushing back when they don't have to? I mean, come on, folks. Shot Teller was playing pretty damn good. Malcolm Brown was playing pretty damn good. David Amyamato was playing pretty damn good. So why is it that a guy who is 300 pounds who tears his Achilles rushing himself back into the lineup when he didn't have to? Why is it that a guy with elite talent at running back and Alvin Kamara has a solid backup and he's being rushed back to the field or teams are allowing him to rush back to the field? You got to protect your investments. I'm just wondering to myself, what's being said? Are guys getting a cold shoulder? Are guys not being paid attention to? Are, are guys, you know what I'm saying, feeling like their job is going to be taken because some accident happened to them and it's not the fact that they don't want to be there. It's just the fact that they can't. I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. Last one of the night comes from Darren says, good show, great take and analysis, going to be a very crazy and different NFL season and um yeah I do believe it's going to be a crazy NFL season hopefully hopefully we get some success this season we get the outcome that we want make no mistake about it who that nation I want a Super Bowl championship in New Orleans for the second time they have too much talent they have too much God-given ability they their front office is one of the best the players are some of the best. There's no excuse for the Saints to not be at least in the NFC Championship game. And even if they make it there and don't make it over the hump, still, still, it's a failure. It's a failure. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And once again, I want to thank Christian Garrett for being a part of the state of the saints podcast uh giving us a minute of his time uh coming up on tomorrow on the state of the saints podcast uh we have uh saints reporter nick underhill will be on the show he will be on the show uh, uh tomorrow afternoon uh it's going to be at 3 p.m so if you're not doing anything or, or you're on a, a break or something like that or you're off uh check it out if you working around that time come back and check it out you know once uh you know we do it live you know nick underhill once again will be on the show uh, we also have a reporter from the who that dish he will be a part of the show that is going to be the morning interview so it's going to be a jam-packed uh friday here on the state of the saints podcast and uh thank y'all very much for supporting me all the day one state of the saints podcasters out there thank y'all very much the members of the Who That Nation that uh, uh, just joined the State of the Saints podcast, just finding out about us. Thank you all so much. Hopefully this won't be your last time checking out the podcast. We're a close, intimate group here. You know, we interact with each other. Familiar names uh, come up on the screen all the time. 
I'm not one of those people that's asking for a whole bunch of money, donations and stuff like that to do shows. If you want to donate to the State of Saints podcast, fine. If you don't, I'm still going to read your stuff because your views are important to me, okay? Even if we disagree with each other, your views are important to me. And your voice is the most important voice. And your voice is the one that makes the State of the Saints podcast what it is. But please subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. And you can check out the audio version on iTunes and Spotify and iHeartRadio. And uh, thank you all very much. Have a good night, morning, or evening, whenever you're watching this podcast. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?